Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from Rustic Riders to Ruthless Reapers. And today we're talking about Revenants and we're talking about Deathlocks. Cool. So, Brian, hey. this is going to be the first episode um, in the month of October where we're, we're, we're covering spooky, spooky things. things. Yeah, indeed. Ooh. So there's going to be lots of undead this month, uh, just yeah. like there was last October. <laughs> it's like nice, uh, a nice um, segue from, you know, this is a new, it's a new leaf. It's episode 101 of the Dungeon indeed, Cast. We're, indeed. We're, we're embarking on a new episode, mm-hmm. uh, episodical stretch, maybe the next hundred. Who knows? Yeah. It's uh, Dungeon Cast Season Two, Season Two, Volume <laughs> Two of the Dungeon Cast. Get ready. Uh, okay. Thanks a lot for um, for calling that guy though for me. Oh yeah, yeah, no problem. I, I have a cleric on speed dial. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Um, we'll get that mm, that demonic possession cleared out. Feeling real quick. A little, feeling a lot better. No, oh, that's good. Good to hear. I think we should um, <laughs> we should cool it on uh, you, you know who for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe maybe a little less Not on the sh- shouting sh- out. No shouting out anymore. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. All right. Scary. You know. All right. So let's get in. Let's get into revenants. Um. So a revenant is essentially uh, uh, an undead humanoid, usually humanoid, that has returned to life in order to exact revenge for terrible wronghood that was committed against them in their life. There's they an usually, ooze that does that. Huh? What was there's, that? There's an ooze that does that, right? There is. Well, that's uh, the, the slithering... Uh, oh, God, what was it called? Yeah, the, the slithering ooze that does that. That's like a ritual you do to create something to make revenge. This is some, Why wouldn't you just do this? Well, no, you don't do this. This just happens. Oh, like, okay. Basically, uh, someone has a terrible act committed against them that leads directly to their death. Oh. And the desire for revenge is so strong that the 
that the uh, soul remains bound to the body and it rises from the dead to enact oh, revenge. He was so mad that basically he couldn't die all the way. I think this has to do with like the power of belief again, like what paladins have is because revenants are about conviction and the power of belief, which we'll get into in a bit. Okay. So um, the idea of a revenant is based off early Middle Ages folklore of a reanimated corpse of a generally wicked person returning to haunt and torture the living. Oh. Like, it's just, it was a name for that type of supernatural being. Okay. So, um, the returned soul, the returned uh, entity that is the Revenant, does retain their autonomy and their memories and the abilities that they had in life with a few personality changes and some supernatural enhancements, which we'll get into in a little bit. But essentially, a Revenant is, it resembles a zombie, just a really smart, not necessarily evil zombie. Uh, they have lifeless eyes that kind of like glow in the dark. Uh, they, they they blaze with fury in the presence of their avengee. Yeah, <laughs> like they're they're just pissed. They're riding the line of being evil in, right, in, in right. some ways, I guess. So two things personality wise that um, kind of occur with revenants, um, regardless of the situation or the type of person they were before they died. So the first thing is they're over they're, they they are overcome with an overwhelming thirst for vengeance against its very specific adversary. Vengeance looks like a Gatorade in the middle of summer to them. Pretty much exactly right. <laughs> Secondly, revenants will typically have a much stronger um, charisma or like a strength of personality and will than they had in life. Their confidence, their determination, their fearlessness and tenacity just kind of gets souped up. Okay. They're just a super focused uh, bounty hunter. But they're not going to like the bar and hanging out, right? I mean, they can. Well, no, not to hang out, but they might go to the bar to start gleaning information to, you know, take down. But they the look thing. like zombies. Well, yeah, you just put on a dark hood and maybe cast a spell. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. They're people. Like, you know what I mean? They're not monsters, really. Does That's that really interesting. Yeah. So you could be talking to a revenant and not necessarily know. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh physically the revenant will look exactly as they did in life just dead <laughs> like they like sarah still looks like sarah just dead sarah just dead so, sarah there you go well, there goes dead um, sarah off they, to buy some bread <laughs> they will like i said have a major power boost so some of the physical changes are like their ability scores their strength uh constitution and charisma all shoot up to 18 their dexterity is 14, wisdom 16, and intelligence remains the same. It's listed as 13 in the monster manual. Okay. So, so they, real, realistically, you could make uh, you can make a character sheet for an NPC, kill them, and mm-hmm. then kind of slap this stat block on them. That's how I would do it. Um, I was really surprised in the monster manual. They don't have a, a making your, your player character into a revenant thing like they did for the lycanthrope. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, which was really confusing. They did come out with the unearthed arcana. That like had like a revenant race. I did not like like the way they did it. The way they did it was being a revenant was it took uh, place of your sub race. So let's say you were an elf revenant, you would get all the elf stuff. Okay, and then you wouldn't get wood elf or high elf. Right, you would get revenant stuff, which was like a plus two to constitution and some other bullshit. Hmm. I didn't really like the way they did it. And then they had they had a it's an interesting idea, but it was an interesting idea. But there's a reason it didn't make it anything official yet. So okay. I don't think it ever will. But yeah. Hmm. So some some of the other uh, abilities that the revenant gets, you'll get resistance to necrotic and psychic damage, immunity to a poison, and a lot of like different of the the conditions like charm and all that other stuff. Yeah, things that would affect somebody with like a normal circulation system. Yeah. Exactly. You're an undead now, so yeah. you get all this stuff that doesn't affect you because you cool ain't alive. Bonuses. Mm. Is, do you think it would be better to always be a revenant, like statistically? 
Um, well, I mean, for the limited time that you can be a revenant, because all revenants, okay, we'll, we'll, okay, all revenants have a limited lifespan. Okay, from the moment they are created, they have one year to finish their business oh, before they must pass to the that limited. Life. Yeah, but in but they're effectively immortal during that time. We'll, we'll get into that. So, um, so yeah, they're dead. So a lot of stuff doesn't affect them. <laughs> um, they don't need food. They don't need air. They don't need water. Nice. Um, they have dark vision. Big surprise. Um, they also have regeneration. So I think uh, you would think I would have written it down. When everybody has dark vision, does nope. nobody have dark vision? Bas- basically. Um, but they regenerate at the end of each round. So kind of like a troll. A little oh, bit. wow. Okay. Yeah, so they're, they're very hard to kill is the idea. Um, in, addition to, in addition to the number of physical enhancements that a revenant gets um, in comparison to like its living self, it also gets a number of like inherent supernatural kind of unexplained abilities. Okay. Um I think because the nature of revenants isn't evil, they have a they're immune to turn undead. So clerics can't oh, turn nice. them. But which makes sense because maybe their undead, challenge rating is just too high. <laughs> no, it's not that. It's just that like turn undead is about like banishing evil necromancy. Well, this isn't necromancy, and it's not evil. This is like this is revenge incarnate. It's yeah, like, like it looks Rider. like rec- it looks like necromancy, but it's not. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Ghost Rider, uh, the Marvel uh, superhero, is like the closest thing to a revenant, except for like that gets tied into like a demon possession type deal. But essentially, he's the spirit of vengeance come to life. You know what I mean? Is Nick Cage still on Disney's payroll? What? Nicholas Cage? I don't think so. Why? I, I, I mean, there's been no Ghost Rider movie in the current. Oh, because oh, Ghost Rider is currently being used in um, um, Agents of Shield. Really? Oh yeah, it's really cool. I thought it was really cool. Oh, I didn't know they, that. They used, um, but it's not Nick Nicholas Cage. No, God, oh, no. okay, dear God, no. Um, no, as a matter of <laughs> fact, it's not even the same character. It's not even Johnny Blaze. It's uh, a different oh, Ghost Rider. Oh my God, yeah, it's the the more modern one, the one who drives like a muscle car. It's uh, oh nice, Robbie Reyes, I think is his name. He's really fucking cool. He's got a really cool look. And I like the guy who plays him in Agents of Shield, and I just I I didn't expect to like the Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider in the show because I'm not a huge fan of him in the comics, but he's fucking cool. Is that I was like, like the I want Miles, more of this guy? Is that like, like the Miles Prower kind of thing? Is that his name? The next Spider Man, the next generation of the superhero? Oh, Miles Morales. My, um, my, what is Prower? What is uh, that? That's a <laughs> that's a Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, I mean, also a very cool character. Yeah, but, uh, Miles Morales. He's from the Ultimate Universe. Oh well, yeah, not yeah. Anymore, but originally from the Ultimate Universe, and he was kind of a, um, kind of like a student of Peter right, Parker. Right, right. He got powers in a different way, but he got the same powers, and he ends up taking over. Spoilers for the Ultimate Universe: the actual Peter Parker fucking dies. Yeah. And uh, Miles Morales is the only Spider-Man for a very long time in that world, and that was a very good storyline, very good uh, um, run. I think Brian Michael Bendis wrote that. Very good stuff. But anyways, back to Revenants. Um, oh yeah, supernatural abilities that Revenants get. Um, they inherently have this ability to know the exact distance and direction of the location of their adversary. No magic can mask this, period, end of story. And even being on different planes of existence does not affect its effectiveness. Okay. They fucking know where you are and how far it is to get to you. Oh, no. Yeah, so furthermore, if the adversary dies at any point, the Revenant will know, and then they'll probably just die on the spot. Oh, man. what if you like got my revenge? I guess. What if you like um, I don't know sabotage like a cart of merchants or whatever, and they know it was you, and they all die, 
and there's like a league of revenants. It's like the undead Avengers. That would be fucking scary. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They're, like, sur- they're going to like surround your location on the map and just like converge upon you. So one of the things about Revenants is that by their very nature, the the adversary of them, if you will, deserves this punishment. Because oh, okay. they're only brought about if the person that got them killed did something truly horrific to get them killed. Like truly wicked and like a massive betrayal or 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 whatever so like so almost by default if you got a revenant on your ass you did something real bad yeah you deserve this so so like the emotion tied to that person's death like sparks the magic or whatever basically that's pretty cool this is one of the few undead out there that doesn't have a real explanation for its occurrence like uh, higher power wise, you know I feel what like I mean? we keep like, coming into those types of things. Like, yeah, I always want to compare it to weird magic, but it's not weird. Nothing's weird magic. It's not this again. This feels very much like a paladin's power. It's like it's the power of conviction and belief. Like, you okay, I mean? yeah, you you are so <laughs> transfixed upon revenge that like it's now become uh, tangible, right, to a certain degree. So so anyways, uh, other stuff that a revenant gets, um, basically, if a revenant's physical body is destroyed, the soul will linger linger for 24 hours uh, before it then reanimates the nearest corpse. What? Yeah, it will (laughs) reanimate the nearest corpse, and that corpse will look like the original person, so it changes the way that person looks. Oh, no. That kind of sucks. I mean, it's just a body. Oh, yeah, but like you... It's they probably go into a graveyard. You know what I mean? They're probably gonna go yeah, to the local and graveyard just, and then exactly and then like uh, you imagine you're the gra- you're the grave uh You're caretaker. the guy from Legend of Zelda. Yeah, the guy from Legend of Zelda. <laughs> and so like, oh shit. Fuck <laughs> run away. But, yeah. So, hide in his um, house. I'm just saying, like the, the loved ones of that person, if you're going to visit, you're like, Oh damn what the yeah, hell? I don't Somebody know. So, dug up Uncle John. Like, I'm sure. Yeah, that would be very upsetting. Now, for Uncle people. John for is just me, dead, Sarah. Yeah, for me personally, I view like dead bodies as just meat. So, like, it's yeah, just, it's just an unused meat. Now it's getting used. So, meat, even meat is a stretch, depending on you know. It could be some bones they pick well, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then they would probably like form question. the. Well, if they're going to take on the persona of that living person, it would probably just like materialize I, flesh of some I would kind. Ima- no, see, but I don't think that's the case because like as the Revenant like exists and lives its life, it will be rotting. It'll be hard, oh. hard to disguise itself. So like I would imagine that the soul would choose the least rotted corpse. Like the could. freshest corpse? Yeah. The most likely to get visited? The freshest body, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> the one with the least mileage on it. All oh, right. Geez. So, Okay. Oh, yeah. So what I was saying. So then it reanimates, um, reanimates the corpse, and so this effectively makes the revenant um, immortal. With with one of the caveats being, uh, remember they only have the lifespan exactly one year, which I like, but I feel like it should actually be they should have a lifespan of one year and one day because that is a common thing you see throughout ancient mythology of like you know deals being made with like higher beings. Like I give you a one year and one day. To succeed at the thing that, and if you fail, your might your soul's mine forever. It's like yeah, it deals you, with devils and stuff. It's usually you I get don't a know training it, day. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you get a training day. I don't know what it is about. Like, there's something very poetic sounding about like a year and a day versus just a year. Well, maybe it's like twelve o'clock, and it's like half the today is gone. So like, you get a freebie. You know? Sure, I like that. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's too funny. Um, the other caveat to their immortality is uh, a, a way to kill them would be if you use a wish spell to wish them, wish their death while their soul is without a body, it will banish them to the afterlife. Okay. So that's the only effective way to kill a revenant. Otherwise, 
it's just going to keep coming back till that year's. That's uh, like a ninth level spell, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So so, like, so you're not basically you're not going to do that. Yeah, I don't give a damn about this yeah. revenant if I'm that strong. Like I'll just blast yeah, it away for a exactly, year or whatever. You know exactly. <laughs> you just see how creative he can get or she can get as he, as oh, they I guess try you, and kill you. I guess you want to go to sleep or whatever without a bodyguard. That's so maybe true, you would wish it away. I mean, I mean, I'll just go to bed and I'll have my wish back. So all revenants, get, <laughs> so all revenants get an ability uh, like a magical gaze called their vengeful glare. This again, very reminiscent to um, Arbok. No, not Arbok. Oh. Although Arbok does get a glare ability, which is the <laughs> only good thing that that Pokemon could do. Anyways, um, no, this is very reminiscent to Ghost Rider, who gets his penance stare. Oh, that's right. Um, so, so anyways, the vengeful glare. They uh, a revenant can target a creature that they can see and have sworn vengeance upon. Um, the target then has to make a wisdom save DC 15 to not be paralyzed until the revenant has dealt damage to them <coughs> or until the end of the revenant's next turn. After the paralysis wears off, the target is then frightened for one minute of the revenant. Oh, wow. Okay. Cool. So it's just like you. It's like, oh, me. <laughs> me? No, run away. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I didn't mean to. I love how it, like, it very specifically says you must spend your turn running away from that creature if you can yeah if you can absolutely so so 5e forgotten realms and 3e lore on revenants is pretty vague on the origins kind of like what we just said like there's no real explanation for besides like they're just really pissed mm-hmm. that's your explanation they're so pissed they came back so it 4 is four, a little different from that and we'll, we'll get into that uh, oh, a little bit fourth later edition Huh? I said, oh, fourth yeah, edition. Yeah, always doing something a little different, which I actually like. It gives me more to talk about. And it's like, it is the prime example that like none of this is set in stone and you can get creative with it and do all kinds of cool stuff. You know, None of I mean? this is real. None of this is real. <laughs> so, you know, we'll get into the 4E stuff. But before that, let's take a short rest. I think we should. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. 
they will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about the last thing we were talking about, that spooky revenant shit. Now we're going to talk about how much we love you. We love you. We love you. <laughs> Don't forget it. Um, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for talking about the show. Speaking about talking about the show. What do you get for talking about the show these days? Well, I heard there's something new. Well, there is a contest going on where we are giving away two copies of the newest d book called Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Uh, and the way you enter this contest is by spreading word of the show via social media. So that can be anything from a Facebook post, a uh, sharing us via Twitter. Um, you can make a Reddit post being like, hey, check out the show. Like it could, literally, if you share our show on the Internet with other people and then you go ahead and email me a link or a screenshot or any type of proof that you did this thing, you'll be entered into the contest. Make sure you ask your mods if you're posting it in your forums or whatever. Yes, blah, blah, indeed. Blah. We indeed. don't want to get anybody banished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't break any rules by any means. Yeah. But um, we are, we're going to go ahead and announce the winners on November 20th, which is the day that the book is released. And this is a pretty exciting book. I'm expecting some new races and i'm expecting some new class options of some kind um but this is a setting i am completely unfamiliar with it's a it's a magic the gathering setting and uh, we will be doing a review of this book so i'm excited to see what's inside of it there might be a special magic the gathering card inside of it that'd be interesting uh legendary rare or whatever the right. hell they call them i don't, I don't know uh, I don't play Pokemon, man. I don't know. Cards are great. <laughs> anyway, um, find us on Twitter at the Dungeon Cast. Email us at the at gmail.com. Um, or wherever you get your podcasts, like iTunes or whatever. Hey, leave us an iTunes review. Um, they're usually yeah. really, 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 really nice. Indeed. And I love to read them. Me so too. thanks a lot for we everybody. We got our first sorry to interrupt you. We got our first uh review from Sweden. Oh, nice. It's really cool. Thank you. Thank you, listener hey, from Sweden. Yeah, if you're listening from Sweden, <laughs> tell your friends, because there's apparently there's not a lot of Swedish people listening. <laughs> Indeed. But, but thank you very much. No, really, um, we really appreciate all of you duking it out to the death over these contests and stuff. Um, don't rob any banks and tell everybody about the dungeon cast. We don't want you breaking rules. There's Indeed. usually a lot of people in banks at 4 p.m., though, so if you want to go into a bank and just shout <laughs> us out to the heavens. Just walk in with a boom bus and the podcast <laughs> playing on it. <laughs> Shout out to Diva. <coughs> yeah, don't do that, Brian. Don't do that. Let's get back to we the show. We talked about this. Let's go back to the show. All right, Brian. Uh, let's uh, let's finish off our talk about Revenants so we can move on to Deathlocks. Ooh. So in 4th edition, Revenants actually got um, an origin, just like everything else did that didn't. You know what I mean. Yeah. So um, <laughs> in 4E, Revenants are beings that are created directly by the Raven Queen, who, as we know, she's the goddess of death. Nice. Previous to 5th edition. Um, she would reincarnate souls of her specific choosing, and she gives each... Which doesn't make sense. What do you mean? 
because she's the goddess of death, so she's making undead stuff. We, I think we've talked about that no, before. No, no. Uh, remember, I talked about this at the Raven Queen episode. Like, she has this problem with undead, but it's not that she has a problem with things that are undead. She has a problem with all undead that don't serve her. Yeah, okay, she that's what it was. She wants to be the ruler of death, and she was denied that domain, so it's like a real pet peeve of hers. It's like, only I get to make undead. Yeah, basically, and like that's why her and Orcus have beef, and, and her they, and Vecna have beef. And they always die again, because right. that's me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. So she reincarnates these souls of her specific choosing. She gives each of them their own unique form that she designs, but they essentially just look like hot topic zombies. Okay. Like real gothic chic. I see. Almost like Shatterkai. Almost like Shatterkai, but even more gothic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but they're pretty cool looking. They're actually they're a direct playable race in in 4e that you can you can play them, and they don't have the weird lifespan thing going on. Okay. Um. But basically, uh, the relationship between the Raven Queen and her revenants is similar to a warlock pack, kind of. Basically, oh, nice. she gives them power to exact the revenge that they want on the wrongdoers or whatever in exchange for they're now her eternal undead agents. So the year timeline is com- totally out of that. Yeah, out now. no, they they serve her for they they get to go back to the material plane, do the thing they want to do, and when they're done, they're hers, and she uses them as pawns. Uh, they're her direct agents and whatnot. All of the immortal creatures in D and D just like are super into chaos theory. They're just butterfly affecting everything. I guess so. Yeah, they have the time. Like I said before, um, 5th edition did come out with the Unearthed Arcana playable Revenant race um, that was like based off your sub-race. But uh, for the races that don't have sub-races, which are humans, Dragonborn, and Tiefling, and a few others, um, basically there was like racial adjustments that were listed for each of those races. Oh, okay. I think for the Dragonborn, it turned your breath into a necrotic breath. All right. And I think uh, you got that constitution boost and, and... I don't know. Who cares? Moving on. <laughs> so that's that's all I got on Revenants. I think you got a pretty clear understanding of what they are, what they do, how they come about. You got any questions about Revenants? Nah. Okay. So moving on, let's talk about Deathlocks. Okay. Which were a thing I didn't know about until Morgan Kind of Stone of Foes came out. Oh, Because that's right. where they were presented. And uh, they're pretty cool. I really like the idea. So the idea here is that when a warlock makes a pact with their otherworldly patron... Uh, it's not just a promise or the signing of a contract. There are actually powerful magics at work that bind patron and warlock together and enforce whatever deal it is that they struck. Okay. So, like, both participators have to um, have to do what they what they agreed on. Okay. Um, so it's not so the penalties that the patron might suffer for not holding up their portion of the bargain aren't really stated. But one of the many ways in which a warlock is punished for betrayal or failure to uphold the contract or just generally unsatisfactory performance okay. <laughs> is to be turned into a deathlock. Oh shit. So um one of kind of some of foes uh indicates that this happens after the moment of the warlock's death. So basically you could let's say you're a warlock. You make your pact, but you, then you say, fuck your pact and start doing whatever you want. Well, you're good until the moment you die. The moment you die, you get turned into a deathlock. Okay. So a deathlock looks like pretty much a standard humanoid undead, like basically a zombie or a white. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, okay, I can see what you're talking a about. pale, rotting flesh, glowing eyes, you know, that, that whole shit. The whole standard. They do look like themselves, kind of like Revenants do, but... Just dead. Uh, just dead. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then they begin to rot and all that other stuff. So. Like Casca of Amontillado style or something. Yeah, sure. So uh, a Deathlock retains its memories, uh, its intellect, its abilities, and most of its original personality from its previous life. Okay. 
The main difference is that they are overwhelmed with the urge to serve and obey their patron. And <laughs> any ambition or goals that they had in life that displeases or does not fit like the agenda of the patron, the patron strips away. So they just are a cleaned up, like, this is the employee I thought I hired. Right, exactly, <laughs> right. That's okay. exactly what it is. That's Got hilarious. it. You're going to do it. You're going to like it. You're right. And so at this point going forward, the only purpose that drives a Deathlock to do anything is its master's the desires. The will of the patron. Okay. Indeed. And upon creation, the Deathlock will immediately assume work on its patron's behalf. I kind of like this, um, like this uh, kind of... I just thought of it. I don't know if it's a real thing. You can tell me if it is or not. But this overarching thing where like all warlocks, even Deathlocks, would be like maybe make a little sign, be like to the will of the patron or whatever. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the the um, relationship between patron and warlock can kind of be what you want it to be. It can be right. very like um, subservient like that. Yeah. But also it could just be like, oh, this is a business deal. Like here, here's the outline deal. Like my patron wants these five things to be done in general. So I do these things and in return I get to do what I want. There's also the um, like I didn't want to be this your patron right. and like you've trapped me into this or whatever, but they would still have to be like to the will of the patron, I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, very much so. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta uphold your end of the deal. Right. Like that, that, that's what it is. You and get death locked. You get death locked. So. Holy crap. That's a great, like, I don't want to be a warlock anymore. <laughs> I know. Right. So I guess you'd have to find a way out of your contract. The uh, mysterious, uh, new player character shows up and, uh, you, the party now has to fight the old member of the party. Maybe your other, <laughs> maybe your otherworldly patron can like trade you to another otherworldly <laughs> for another, for another warlock. They could buy out your contract. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, um, it's like a sports deal. That's great. Right, exactly. Um, so the, um, any patron can employ Deathlocks as their agent. So it's not like. It's so like as you know, there's all these different um, warlock patrons. It mm-hmm. could be a great old one. It could be fiend. It could be archfey. They all use deathlocks basically because, um, like, who doesn't want an undead thrall to do whatever you want them to do? I mean, I do. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> right. And uh, there are patron specific spell lists that each archfey, uh, fiend, great old one patron specifically have. So, um. Basically, like, let's say you're a player character that somehow in the storyline gets turned into a deathlock. The idea is, like, all the stuff that you could do, you could still do. But for, like, a monster purpose, like, let's say you're your DM that is using a deathlock in your campaign. Like, here is the Archfey spell list. Here's the Great Old One spell list. So they have that on hand. That was pretty useful. I see. So if you become, if you're a warlock and you become a deathlock, you can continue to roleplay the deathlock. You, you could. have but... to strip away, like, your own ideals. Right. Much. Basically, the way I would do it is like at that point, you stop being a player character and you just go ahead and can that character sheet over to the dungeon master because that's going to be an MP- an ongoing NPC in your world. And then you need to go make a new character. Well, I could see the inverse happening where like yeah. the dungeon master hands you the notes on the patron and be like, you are this now. Yeah, but one of the problems with that is the player has to then agree to play a character that lacks like. 50% of the autonomy they have. Right. You know I, mean, I mean, it depends on... And that's a what... pretty big trade. A lot of people wouldn't want to play that. Not, You know what I mean? Yeah, no, yeah, like, I, I agree. Basically, as that. a dungeon master, I could tell you, no, you can't do that. Yeah, hey, and like, magic. check yourself. That's not in line with that character. Right. Like, you need to role play the patron at that point. Yeah. So if you feel like, like, oh, I want to role play the Raven Queen as, like, the embodiment in a Deathlock form, pretty much, mm-hmm. 
then I like I could see somebody like, no, yeah, yeah I'm gonna switch it up and yeah, do that. You might want to do that, but I, for the most part, players aren't going to want to do that. No, nah, yeah, probably not. I mean, yeah. it just sounds like leaning in really hard to what you agreed right. to do as the warlock. Exactly. But yeah, you all, you're now you're dead. Now you look like right. you went shopping on Hot Topic, right? Indeed, indeed. So despite the general enthrallment of Deathlocks, they're they're not mindless and they're not minion level servants. Um, they, they're usually used uh, in commanding positions over the lesser agents due oh, to nice. their innate power and their shrewd intelligence. Because, like, as a warlock, they they, they were they were a hero character. Right. They had power. They did and they cool had agency. spells and shit. Yeah, and they usually, like, if they made the deal, it was because they were competent enough that the patron wanted their service. Right. So, yeah, they're not just low-level minions that you throw your... your uh, yeah, they're like a commander, like you said. Yeah. Some kind of lieutenant or something like that. Exactly. So, like I said, they, they have a lot of the same abilities, but they do get some some new abilities as well. So, um, some of the powers that the Death Cult gets are like some of the ones that the Revenant gets. Like, you don't need air or food because you're undead now. <laughs> nice. uh, you're immune to exhaustion and poison, you know, because you're undead now. <laughs> yep. You're resistant to necrotic and all bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage that isn't silvered because you're undead now. Nice. <laughs> you, you're, you get dark vision because everyone has that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not because you're undead now. It's yeah, just because no. that's that's what we do. You do get resistance to turn undead, which is kind of interesting. I think that's just to show, like, you're, you're a powerful undead. It's mm-hmm. harder to like turn you you don't have the power of vengeance to like back you from being immune to it but But you do have the power of preaching to make it a little more difficult yeah yeah and then like the the big thing that deathlocks get is they get a death claw attack so it's essentially it's a magical necrotic melee attack that does a lot of damage and it doesn't cost a spell slot fucking spectral wolverine claws come out of your wrist very much so yeah is it his wrist or is it the top of his hand i guess well are you talking about wolverine yeah uh it, it comes out of the knuckles it does. Sometimes yeah. I see him coming out from like above the glove, kind of. And but it's um, the knuckle always. I'm trying to think. I feel like it's the top of the hand sometimes. You no, know, it comes directly out of the knuckle. Really? Yeah. I see it like. No. Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, because I'm th- well, I'm thinking of the the actual uh, live action X Men movies, and it comes directly out of his knuckle. No, yeah, and that. But yeah. it, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm thinking of like comics. Um, I feel like he's got like in, these weird okay, little things so on the top of his gloves. In the original depiction of Wolverine, which is Wolverine versus the Hulk. Um, they had no like origin or or mythos on this guy. He wasn't even a mutant. Like he was literally wearing, sorry, he's literally wearing claws. Right. Okay. And so the claws actually come out of the wrist area in those oh. depictions. But later on, they were like, let's make him a mutant and let's make the claws actually his power. So oh, okay. then they were like, okay, well the claws don't come out of here, uh, his wrist area. They come out of his knuckle. They slowly move them down. They, yeah, the they hand. move them down the <laughs> hands to, to where it makes more mechanical sense. Yes. Where so, it would actually be effective. Not that it actually makes any mechanical sense. No, yeah. There'd be all these mechanical issues with where it come out, but that's a discussion for another day, Brian. That's a different podcast. That's a different podcast, indeed. <laughs> I don't know which one, but I don't it is. know, but it's out there, I'm sure. <laughs> so particularly powerful warlocks that end up becoming deathlocks because they, they fucked up. Um, become what's called a Deathlock Mastermind, which is essentially, it's the same thing, just with a power boost and a few new powers. It gets um, increased dark vision. <laughs> <laughs> more, more dark vision. It also gets this uh, spell-like ability called Grave Bolts, which is basically, it's a ranged spell attack of multiple shadow bolts that do damage and restrain the target. Oh, so, okay. That's just another magical cool. necrotic thing it can do that doesn't cost a spell slot. Nice. So that's, I mean, that's what a Deathlock is. That's what a Deathlock does. I think, I mean, the reason I put both these um, 
monsters in the same episode is there's certain levels of similarity here yeah um, especially with the resistance to turn undead that was like a striking one mechanically right, speaking right i think um both of these monsters make for good story twisters or for good recurring characters mm-hmm. um, in a pc storyline or in the general campaign storyline also like this these are both paths that a character might end up on that takes them out of the game as player characters but keeps them in the storyline as reoccurring characters which I think is really cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's got, it sounds like I think I've brought this up before, but the Rock Sasha in the previous um, campaign of Critical Role, um, there's a Rock Sasha that's just showing up trying to kill somebody. Right, right. And it just always come, keeps coming back because it keeps going back to hell, and then, <laughs> and then it finds a way back. back. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So like, if if one of your player characters have a, has a revenant on them, it would be very similar to that scenario. Yeah. Or if one of your characters is a warlock that fucks up becomes a deathlock, well, maybe that patron now takes ire with the party. So now that Deathlock that used to be an ally is now this undead monster that's like always coming at you guys from different angles. And maybe right. you fight him off and, you know, but he's undead. You can't kill him. So yeah. he comes back at some other point with some other nasty plot. Yeah, probably bringing along like other like creatures or monsters to right. like point and click and to help take sure, you guys yeah. down. That's exactly. kind of cool. That'd be kind of fun. Like a, like a nemesis of some kind. Like Yeah, he'd be like a, a mini villain. If like you, you fucked up with uh, their, pa- like you all fucked up with the patron and then he was like, nah, your whole party sucks. I'm going to yeah. strip this guy and use him to try and kill you yeah. guys. Like, I can't turn you all into Deathlocks, yeah. but I can turn him into one. And that's when the that's when a purple dragon knight showed up and became part of our party. Right, He's pole arming everything. <laughs> <You know>? Exactly. <laughs> and he has a serious problem with that specific picture. Yeah, it's like nah, fuck. I, I hate them too. <laughs> right. All right. Well, I think that's it for Revenants and Deathlocks, and I think we could call it a game. Let's do it. We'll talk to you later. Bye, game. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.